0: Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Colossians in chapter 1. We will finish chapter 1 of Colossians today. So, you know, I thought by this time I would have finished um, the whole book of Colossians, but um, it's just been a tremendous ride for me. I hope for you all, too, to have go through uh, in such detail this, this chapter, this book, I've grown so much in my personal knowledge of the Lord and I hope that um, I've been faithful to to present Christ and his truth and his glory and his power and his might to you faithfully and I hope you have grown uh, more in love with him, more in obedience to him, more in trust to him. And so we finish this chapter of Colossians chapter 1 that's taken us so long, so Looks like we'll be in Colossians for some time, but uh, I think that uh, we will all benefit from from this um, uh, slow scenic route that uh, we have ended up taking. Um, and today, especially, uh, we're not going to we're not going to advance uh, much that hasn't already been uh, discussed. But um, I think, especially for the Sunday before Christmas, this is a a poignant text for us to to think about. And uh, we're looking at verses 28 through 29, but I'm gonna read from verses 24 through 29, and the words will be on the screen for you to follow along with us. So hear now the word of the Lord through his servant, the Apostle Paul. Now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction, for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister, According to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the Word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to His saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. And this is the word of the Lord. Let us give thanks to God and ask his help to understand its meaning. Let us pray together. Father, indeed, we thank you for you have spoken. You have made yourself known. By the spirit working through these human authors, you have given us your word. Their particular styles of writings and idiosyncrasies And turns of phrases, we still receive the fullness of your revelation through their words, which are also your words. You did not dictate to them. You did not overpower them. But working through them, you gave us a full disclosure of yourself. And we may know you. We may know what is pleasing to you and how are you to live in relationship to you and And we know especially of the saving work of your son, Jesus Christ. So now I pray for the sake of these, my brothers and sisters, that you would bless this preaching of your word, that you would teach your people, that they would feast on your truth. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. And these are your words. May they know them and cherish them and delight in them and grow in it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So Paul closes up this section where he uses some some really colorful language. He talks about his suffering. He talks about filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction. He talks about here that he toils and he labors and he struggles with all the energy that God provides in order to proclaim Christ, to warn and to teach, with all wisdom, in order that he would present everyone mature in Jesus. That is, I read this, and as a pastor, I look and say, this is my charge. This is what I am to do and what I am to be about. The reading of God's word, the teaching of God's word, the warning of God's word to God's people. Now, you may think to yourself, what what is this warning? That For me, when I read this and was preparing, the warning and the teaching really stuck out. What, what should I warn about? This seems so positive, this mystery that was unveiled or that was unveiled in these latter times of how the Gentiles are included into the people of God through Christ, Christ being the hope of glory. And we looked at that last week. So why this sort of negative turn, this warning? What is he warning from? And I thought about that, and that's basically what we're going to highlight. So understand that what he warns his people, Whoever, whoever his ministry reaches to, he warns them, he teaches them with all wisdom, and the end goal is that they would be presented before Christ, perfect and mature, well, and mature before Christ. And he stro- struggles and toys with it. So this is, a, this is a priority of Paul, the warning and the teaching the teaching, I think, makes sense to most people. Like, you know, the, 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 the instruction of the gospel, the instruction of the word, uh, I think most of you would understand. But what, what must be warned against? And, and I thought about a song from, and I actually didn't look up, uh, I'm sure Jonathan uh, could help me, uh, Bob Carlyle's uh, Butterfly Kisses. Uh, late 90s, right? Late 90s, early 2000s. It was wildly popular. He got to perform on Oprah, this uh, Christian uh uh, a contemporary christian music artist uh, bob Carlisle. his biggest hit i believe is the song butterfly kisses as a matter of fact i i was racking my brain i can't remember anything else he's saying other than butterfly kisses and he's and he in the song is about him reminiscing about the 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 stages of the life of his daughter and how he one of the things he fondly recalls are her butterfly kisses which lori tells me and if it's in, if this isn't true you know fooey on you because my wife told me and it's true uh that butterfly cl- kisses are when uh you kind of flutter your 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 eyelids and your eyelashes you know tickle the side of the face i i had never heard that fairies but i was told that's what a butterfly kiss is and i imagine it's a father leaning in and giving a kiss to his uh his young child, and their, you know, their eyelids are fluttering, and it's like little butterfly kisses, and it's a sweet moment I can imagine. And he says, you know, 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 she gives me butterfly kisses after bedtime prayer, sticking little white flowers all up in her hair, and at the end of the course, he says, you know, after all that I've done wrong, I must have done something right to deserve um, every morning butterfly kisses at night, or, you know, to, to deserve her love every morning and butterfly kisses at night. So for bob carlisle he knows or in his mind and what he presented you know to oprah and the watching world and his most popular song and i'll you know unveil my feelings on this i think this is a great tragedy that this was what uh, he's most known for was that i know that i've done wrong but i must have done something right to deserve butterfly kisses And I think that that was so popular and it captured the hearts and minds, especially of parents, but of of anyone that there's there's something in each of our lives. Whether it's something we're striving for or something that we feel that we may have that says this, this shows me and tells me that I'm all right. Maybe it's your job performance. Maybe it's a particular relationship you're in. Maybe it's the devotion of your kids to you. I remember when one of the iPhone launches when I first moved here. So I'm, I'm going to need John Davis to, to, to go through his Rolodex of iPhone products. When, when I first moved here back in 2012, one of the major iPhone releases came through. And this woman called our store at the cell phone store that I worked at. I was by at the time. She called every day do you got those do you have those in do you have those in and no we didn't we were a small store got small stock and and uh, finally we got them in and i knew this woman had been calling day in day out and so i called her back and said we got them in and she was in in a moment and she bought them and just the the desperation in this woman and she's like it's for my kids i'm doing it for my kids oh and she's just so excited nearly trembling and i wish i were exaggerating it was a it was a it was a show of her just absolutely just this release of tension that she was able to secure for her two children this new iphone release and she was so happy so thrilled and made certain that we know we do these things for our kids oh i my, in, in, in what i read in between the lines she is happy because she is able to make her kids seemingly happy and i remember thinking to myself that's not going to last because iphone's going to release new products there's always going to be something new and if she is driving herself to such degrees, I mean, she dropped a lot of money on that. And I don't say that to judge her. What I'm saying that is to realize this is the the, the degree and the extent to which someone is is trying to find that thing that says to them, "I'm I'm okay. I'm good. I have value and worth." For Bob Carlyle it was butterfly kisses for from his daughter for. This woman, it was iPhones. Well, this is why Paul says, Him we proclaim. And this is what we warn people against. We warn people against finding anything outside of Jesus. Remember, you know, the last, last week we looked at him, like, that Christ is the hope of glory. Your only hope of glory And so Paul says, I labor, I struggle, and I toil so that you know that there is only one hope for you. If you want that sense of satisfaction, of knowing that you are going to be all right, it must be rooted in Christ and in no other place. Well, it's Christmas time. The hustle and bustle of the holidays brings in all kinds of of tensions on the one lo- on the one level it's such a festive time the reds the greens the golds the silvers the different shade, the different the lights the the sounds the colors i there's a house on um on 52nd street that the person just he creates this winter wonderland on this very small plot including including just beautifully designed lights and, and 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 animated uh uh decorations and he even plays music and i my favorite house in all of Pen- in Pinellas County that I've seen a uh, beautiful house and it's just right up the road from us uh, I-, I love seeing it and it just you have all the, those festive joys the songs that we sing only You know for a certain uh for a limited time during the year for some reason we sing these These great christmas songs and we do things like we did last week so beautiful and so Such a moving time of christmas caroling around our our um Our uh, our neighborhood and we and we we um exchange Christmas gifts and Christmas cards and we go to stores and complete strangers and say, Merry Christmas to you. We, we, anyone you run into the next couple of days, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Someone, someone sideswipes you in, uh, on Park Boulevard, Merry Christmas to you. you know, I mean, you, you, you're just, it's just a festive time. But then it is, all, and also Christmas movies and Christmas desserts, it's a wonderful time. But then there's also the tension of the expectation And the responsibility and the obligation of gift giving of attending christmas events of making yourself not look like a grinch or a scrooge if you're not exactly feeling festive maybe christmas time in the years past was when you lost some a loved one or some tragedy happened and you're always mingled the christmas season is always mingled with a sense of sorrow and sadness and heaviness maybe something as simple as the the change of the uh, the change of back in november when we did the uh, spring uh, the uh, the the fall back and all of a sudden it starts getting dark at 2 p.m and you just feel the weight of just being constantly in the dark and that seasonal depression christmas time can be a bit of a uh, a mingled reality And part of that mingling of the of of, uh that tension is that is that sense of i need to give my kids if you have children the best christmas they can possibly have um you know they're going to go back to school and find out that uh little johnny who's an absolute terror um you know setting fire to little little girls hairs and and stealing the teacher's purse and things like that but johnny's johnny's parents are wealthy so johnny had a really good christmas with santa claus and you know my son who's a really good kid or my daughter's a really good kid i can't compete with johnny's with johnny's christmas you you know there's that there's that tension there's that tension of of um of, of, of of meeting various schedule requirements office christmas parties family christmas parties um you know and and maybe you're just dog tired from having and sometimes something as simple as just going to the store maybe you're out of sugar and you go to the store and you see everyone everyone just especially if you have to go today may the lord be with you uh you just feel that the tension and the 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 craziness of everyone hustling and bustling trying to get things done and part of what drives you is that if i in some of you in your minds if if i'm able to give this gift to this person or if i'm able to do this or perform in this way for the christmas season people may not know i won't maybe i won't feel as bad about myself or i won't maybe i can escape the sort of the dark cloud that hangs over me you know christmas does a good job of sort of bringing out your inner sadness because everything around you seems so happy you realize how deeply sad you may be in cases. I, and I speak from experience. Christmas is, Christmas is not always inwardly a fun time for me. Uh, I do rejoice in the reality of the, of, of the incarnation of the birth of my Savior, and I, and I rejoice in that, and I rejoice in various things with my family and friends, but sometimes there is that just inner sadness uh, that comes out. So I speak from experience. And so this text, the reason why it's so poignant is that Paul is saying to, to us, Listen, I'm warning you, not warning you as in like, you know, hey, you do that again. I'm warning you. You're going to get it. But he's saying, here's the danger. Don't look for don't look for that satisfaction, and that joy, that hope of glory, in anything else. You can have a million butterfly kisses a day for every day for the rest of your life. And that is not a sufficient basis for you to feel right with the living God you can have every you can have every you can have 25 generations of family i know that's impossible gathered around together everyone happy and singing and not a single not a single ounce or moment of awkwardness or animosity around the richest christmas feast you can imagine and still not have a true hope of glory you children, especially, can have pre- presents that a stack of presents that that, that tower above the uh, the, uh, the the Statue of Liberty, all of the most expensive, uh, richest, uh, most new and extravagant uh, technologies and uh, you know, and trends and whatever, and you will not have a sufficient hope of glory. And so Paul says, we proclaim Christ and we warn you the temptation the draw to find satisfaction and hope in anything other than him is strong you never graduate you never get beyond the reality to where you are never you, you never get to a point where you are never tempted to find hope in something other than Jesus that is a pool that you that so here I stand a pastor Hopefully that means that I am a, a, a faithful, humble, loving, devoted servant to, unto the Lord. I have formal training, formal education. I have, had, I have experience in doing this and still I can tell you, you never graduate. You never get beyond the pull to find hope in something else. My wife, Lori, can tell you how easily distracted I am by something as simple as a new pair of shoes. If I think, hey, I would like a new pair of shoes, I will look at websites and research articles and watch videos and reviews and get so distracted and realize I've wasted a lot of time. College basketball. George, the other day, um, we're no longer friends. Yesterday, he he mocked me for watching college basketball. He He was thinking I was looking up college football sports or scores and uh, i was looking up college basketball and he said you watch basketball so george and i are no longer friends <laughs> and we had a good run george but uh um, but i am easily distracted by uh college basketball and recruiting and the perform- And this year's a good year so it's great for me but laurie could tell you if it's a if they're playing badly like they have the you know last couple of years and i get really uh and i told you all one time that i get oddly disproportionately upset about that i'm placing my hope in other things as a pastor if things don't go well as i as i feel they should in 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 the church maybe i get down maybe i lose hope maybe i lose faith maybe i start to doubt things i ought not to doubt as if what happens here sunday in sunday out is telling the true picture of god's plans and purposes for our church or the, the full picture, not the true picture, but the full picture. There are realities that to take, take into account, but the Lord works his plans mysteriously often and in ways that we cannot see and will not perceive until they've unfolded, until they've been disclosed. And even this week, I've seen that some of the things that maybe I feared were unfounded because there are so many good things happening in the life of our church that, that may, they may not be impressive to the world's eye, But according to God's economy, things are going very well in in many ways. And I'm thankful for that and encouraged. And so the temptation is there. And that's why Paul warns us. He's warning us tenderly, lovingly. He is striving for this. This is a priority of his. I want you to know that there is only one hope of glory. Christ Jesus, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. The firstborn from the dead, the preeminent one, the excellent one. In him, the fullness of of deity dwells bodily. Jesus, our Savior, the risen Lord. He is our hope of glory. So let me warn you, my children, and let me, your pastor, warn you, my brothers and sisters. You are going to hear things like songs like from Bob Coughlin, not Bob Coughlin, Bob, Bob Carlyle um, about butterfly kisses. And maybe you resonate towards that. You, you had to have been because it was a very popular song on the radio. So many Christians, uh, on Christian radio, so many Christians resonating with that song, which tell, that's why I say it was a tragedy because it tells me that they're not resonating with gospel truth. They're resonating with sentimental truths. My daughter loves me, so I must be somebody. The king of glory, Jesus, the risen one. He loves you. And that and that alone, because your daughter's love can change. Let's let's go to this woman. Say she listened to the Bob Carlyle song, Butterfly Kisses. And maybe at the time her little ones were fluttering their eyelashes on her. And she's all oh, so sweet. Their babies are so cute. And then she nurtures and loves them and feeds them. And they grew up and they turn out to be and i hope this is not the case with this i don't know i didn't befriend this woman or keep in any kind of relationship with her or anything but maybe she they turned out to be little terrors little little monsters and she and she all the all the things that she did, that she that she in her heart, she said, "Oh, they they're giving me these butterfly kisses, or all oh, they giving me these big old hugs around my waist, or they say they you know I love you, mommy." At you know at at four years old, at five years old, six years old, but start ten year old, eleven year old, and then at thirteen they turn she they turned into these strange people who all of a sudden used to they used to say i love you now they hate me and they can't stand me they slam the door in my face and they stomp off and they don't eat their dinner and they and they get back, they start getting uh, their grades start slipping and they start hanging out with kids i don't approve of and they start being mean to me and and not wanting to hang out with me and all of a sudden if her love was based on butterfly kisses and if her sense of worth was based on the love returned to her children from her children to her that can change very easily. Even if it's not something uh, negative in the child, say maybe just they go off to college, get married and have, start their own families and get a job that moves them across, across the country or to another country. What's happening? I don't have that love, that thing that validates me anymore. And Paul warns that's, that's because you've misplaced your sense of worth, your sense of joy, your sense of satisfaction, and I, and I warn you, it's in Christ, the hope of glory, and it's him we proclaim. The Christian faith is not a religious system. It is a, it is a, a truth claim for you to rest your hopes upon. And what I mean by it's not a religious system, it's not just, how, you know, the Christian faith is not just this is your this is your schedule. You do this on these days, you do this on these days, and you do this on these days. Here are the rules of behavior. You do, you do this, you don't do this, you do this, you don't do this. You certainly don't do this, and you definitely do this. Uh, you, the, and, and, then, and then here's, a, here's, your, here's, your, here's your, the type of dress that you're supposed to dress and the type of language you're supposed to use. All that, all that, so that it's not just a religious system. It's a truth claim. It's a pronouncement. There is a God. He created all things in heaven and on earth, including man. He made man to relate to him, unique among all the things that he, he created. He made man unique among all things to relate to him. But man rebelled against God's creative purposes for him, rebelled against God and God's rightful rule over them, though it was a loving rule, a tender rule. Man rejected that and rebelled against God. And was separated relationally from him and also separated uh, by their sin. And the sentence of God's judgment falls upon man for their rebellion. But God has loved man and sent his son Jesus to be born as a man. To stand in the place of his people. And to live a righteous life that they could not live because of their sin. And to die in their place taking their penalty for their sin upon himself He died in their place. And on the third day, he rose again and he lives forevermore. And all who place their faith and trust in him, all who believe that this is all true and that this is true for them and true because of their sin and God's love for them. He has provided this means of salvation. All who place their faith and trust in him will be saved. And Paul says there is no other hope. You cannot do a good enough job in your work performance, in your relationships, in your finances, in your skills with your hands, in your your performance as a parent. Whatever it is that you are putting your your citizenship, whatever it is that you're putting your, your hopes in, Paul warns, that is a false promise. And I warn you and I proclaim to you, there is only one place, to find all that you're looking for, and that is in Jesus. And in the New Testament, hope, as I've said before, isn't wishful thinking, but is a settled belief that you, as Sinclair Ferguson says, which we read last night, my family and I, it is a settled belief that you will receive what is promised to you by God. That's a summary of what he said. Hope is a settled belief that you will receive what God has promised And so he warns and teaches in order to present you fully mature in Christ, hope solely in Jesus. Not in butterfly kisses, not in what kind of Christmas you can can give, provide for your friends and family, not in how good of a citizen you are, not in how good of a worker you are. All those things are good things. But if you're hoping in them as your primary hope, It is a false hope and it will crumble before you and some of you may wonder why your christian walk has been so weak it's because you have misplaced your hope and so i warn you look to your only hope of glory jesus bask in him know him read about him, pray to him, worship him, serve him, fellowship with his people, tell others about him, see all the multifaceted ways that Jesus shows his beauty and his glory and brings us joy. So for this Christmas, I, like Paul, warn you, look to Jesus and Jesus alone, him we proclaim. When you gather with your family and friends and when you open up the presents or you you watch your favorite Christmas movies or whatever it is that you do as part of your festive holidays, ask the Lord, Lord, please uncloud, uncloud my thinking and show me where I'm placing my hope. If it is not in Christ, help me by your spirit to shed that and to be firmly rooted in Jesus. Let me have a true, mature, godly hope in Christ. And finally, we spent this past year, next, next week we're going to look at the, a, uh, our projected vision for 2019. So this, the final sermon from the text of Scripture in 2018, we began the year thinking about church revitalization. Maybe some of you looked around and said, well, it didn't work this year i would argue that it actually has been going rather successively though our numbers don't indicate it the people and the reality in your lives and in the life of this church do i I don't just say that as a used car salesman um things have things have gone really really well But if we want things to continue to do well and to improve, we must never think that as a church, okay, we started with Jesus, okay, cool, now let's do these other things. We start and we end with Jesus. We start and we end with proclaiming his word. God will build his church through the preaching and teaching of his word and the proper application in our lives as individuals and as a church body. So let me lead you into 2019 into continuing to look to God's word and praying that God would pre- that that God would present us to himself or to his son Jesus fully mature in him as we have hoped in Jesus as our only hope of glory. That's not to say we don't do other things, you know, that are important and needed. But never lose sight of the fact that we must as a church body, continually stay rooted in the Word of God in its teaching in, in, in teaching it, proclaiming it, obeying it, following it, uh, sharing it with others, letting it inform all that we say and do. So for 2019, let us stay rooted in the word of god and let it be known that i will prioritize with my schedule with the with the way i spend my energies and my resources i will prioritize for your sake as paul does laboring and striving for your sake in order that i as a under shepherd of the lord jesus christ will present you unto him fully mature in christ that i will that that it will, you will not come to him to mature in Christ, despite what I've done, but because of what I've done. Not that I am the key, but that I am the means that God has used to bring you to maturity. God desires your maturity. God desires your growth. He has given you His Word, and He has given you His servant. And I know some of you look, oh man, we got shortchanged. I'm trying my best, but God's power can. God's power can do mighty things through weak vessels such as myself. But he has given me to you and commissioned me to toil and suffer and strive in order to teach you and to warn you of the glories of Christ and of the dangers of hoping in anything else. So we close this year with with those words Him we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that you may be presented mature in Christ. And I promise you by God's grace, I will toil and struggle with all of his energy that he powerfully works within me to be used by him to bring you to that end. My hope and prayer for 2019 is that we will look back and wonder how far the Lord has taken us even from this point. I have great hope, my brothers and sisters, because Christ is Lord of this church. He loves you. He will keep you. Hope in him.